Could the New Orleans Saints surprise by getting one of the top wide receivers in this year's NFL draft in round one? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Big Locked On Saints, your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast, whether that's on YouTube or wherever you do get them. That way you don't miss the newest episodes uploaded for you every single Monday through Friday. I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert. Credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays in Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's Friday, so we're getting into another busy week of In Case You Missed It. We'll get you all caught up with everything you need to know from around the New Orleans Saints from this week. Could the New Orleans Saints be done spending money in free agency ahead of the NFL draft? Not so fast, I'll tell you why. But first, I want to start off by letting you in on sort of who the New Orleans Saints prospects are that they're spending the most time with. Now, we should be careful here to help understand that just because the Saints are doing what are called top 30 visits, which are private visits where they have a player come and visit the facility, all those other things, that period is about to be underway here soon, doesn't mean that they're going to draft that player. In fact, there's been a lot of circumstances and a lot of uh, sort of examples in which New Orleans Saints draft guys that they didn't really have much off-season contact with at all. That's not out of the ordinary. But when it comes to the Saints, there are some interesting prospects that they have been linked to in terms of wanting more time with. And I want to start off with one that would be maybe a little bit of a surprise to the rest of the NFL world, but might not surprise you as somebody that understands very well how the New Orleans Saints like to operate, especially as of late. The New Orleans Saints are intending to spend some time with Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, whether this is a top 30 visit or whether this is just simply a private workout or some other kind of connection between the two, I'm not entirely sure. We'll figure that out a little bit later on, but it does kind of show you a little bit of where they could potentially be interested. They sent eight different players, including, of course, Jeff Ireland, who is their director, well, not director anymore, but vice president as well as assistant general manager of college personnel and college scouting. But so he's there. Uh, you saw Mickey Loomis, you saw uh, Dennis Allen, plus another five or so folks that were there for the New Orleans Saints brass at the Ohio State Buckeyes Pro Day. Now we know that this is a program that the Saints love to bring in talent from Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Pete Werner, uh, very recently, of course. So there's a lot of different examples of those Buckeyes showing up in New Orleans, even years later in free agency. You think back to, I know you don't want to, but I'm going to make you, you think back to Eli Apple. He was one of those guys too. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't be mad. Now, With them visiting this pro day, it seems unlikely that C.J. Stroud was the major focus for them, right? Uh, Carolina sent 14 different people there. They were there to see C.J. Stroud, for sure. But the Saints, getting a little look at Jackson Smith and Jacob, who had over 90 receptions, over 1,600 yards last season, 1,606 to be, uh, not last season in 2022, but in 2021, Uh, But to be exact, 1,606 yards, nine touchdowns as well. That was when he was sharing the field 
with Chris Olave, who of course now is a New Orleans Saint, and Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets, who just won Offensive Player of the Year. So could a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba be somebody that the Saints value, somebody that the Saints really like in this year's draft? I'm going to give you a hot take here and say, yes, I know it's not that hot a take, but you know what the New Orleans Saints value in terms of wide receivers. They want guys that are immediately going to come from a pro-style offense that are going to translate as quickly as possible to the NFL. You've seen that with Michael Thomas. You saw that with Chris Olave. Now a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who would be coming from the same program as those two guys and sort of have this trio of Buckeyes getting everything going for them at the beginning of the 2023 season. That obviously is something that could appeal to them. And remember, Michael Thomas is not a guarantee to make it through the season, although you certainly hope he does, right? Uh, But with the incentives and the injury history over the course of the past three years, you can't just rule out the idea that he could potentially get hurt again in 2023. You certainly hope that that's not the case, but we can't say that it's not possible. And so having a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has gone out there throughout his career with a 71.4 contested catch percentage, doing all the things that he does so incredibly well, including a 90% catch percentage back in 2021, where he caught nine of those 10 contested catch opportunities, the ones that were on target, at least. He also gives you a future beyond Michael Thomas with Chris Olave, with Rashid Shaheed. Now, the tricky part would be that while you have a healthy Michael Thomas, how do you make sure you're still getting Rashid Shaheed on the field doing more than just gadget things, right? Because you want to do that. You want to make sure you're getting Rashid Shaheed the ball. You saw how spectacular he was for New Orleans last year. But if you've got Michael Thomas and then you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba and then you're moving Chris Olave around a bunch, there's a lot of appeal in terms of what that can turn into. So I wouldn't rule this out as something to where the Saints are just looking at top prospects. They always do, right? They always take the time to visit with top prospects. We saw that they you know, spent some time with Will Anderson, the uh, premier edge rusher in this year's class while at the Alabama Pro Day. Does that mean that they're going to move up to the top five to draft him? No, but just a couple of years ago, they were willing to move, rumored, willing to move into the top 10 to draft a JC Horn, for instance, or Patrick Sertan, for instance. So that can we call it an impossibility? No. Can we call it unlikely? Absolutely. So could the Saints make a move to grab Jackson Smith and Jigba? Does Jackson Smith and Jigba take an unex- you know, inexplicable tumble down because Let's say there's a run on tackles. There's obviously going to be a run on quarterbacks early. Let's say the there's expected to be two cornerback runs in this year's draft. If one of those is in the first round, and let's just say there's some edge rusher run as well, or some defensive lineman run as well, then maybe some of those wide receivers do end up settling down towards the bottom portion of the draft or, or the first round. Or do the Saints just move up and go and get the guy that they want? Because that's what they did last year when it came to Chris Olave. They said, he's the guy that we can't leave the draft without. And so they made sure that they did. So Lots of different ways that Jackson Smith and Jigba could become a New Orleans Saint, but because the Saints are and, because the Saints have spent so much time addressing their needs over the course of free agency, they now have the sort of looseness that they might need to be able to go and get a guy that they really like at a position like wide receiver, which again would shock a lot of people, but not you, because you know what's going on. A couple of other top 30 visits to keep an eye out on Miles Murphy, the Clemson edge rusher. He's expected to be a first round pick, came in with a fantastic Uh, It comes in with a fantastic repertoire, pass rush moves, all those other things. Uh, Really, really athletic player. Uh, They're also expected to meet with left tackle Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. He comes in with a 9.42 RAS score. We know the Saints don't necessarily use RAS scores. They have their own metric, but the two kind of balance out a little bit, I guess you can say. He's projected to be in rounds two and three. Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green, the versatile defensive lineman, comes in 
uh, with a 93 pro football focus grade, played 670 snaps last year, rounds three or four, kind of where you're looking at him, kind of in that late day two, early day three area. Uh, they are also set to meet with Purdue cornerback Corey Trice, who's going to be a later round pick, hyper-athletic guy, uh, and Dwayne McBride, the running back out of Alabama, Birmingham. And as the Saints brought in a guy like Jamal Williams, maybe running and grabbing a running back early on in days one and two, maybe isn't necessarily what they're looking to do anymore. So a guy like Dwayne McBride at the very, very top of day three, for the Saints at least, could be a possibility for them couple of other players to keep an eye out on as well. Saints are expected to see Tajay Spears at the local pro day. I believe that's April 7th. And then they're also expected to spend a little bit of time with Minnesota cornerback Jordan Howden as well. Jordan Howden, somebody that tested really, really well in terms of his pro day, all that. He's got an athletic score of 8.8, uh, .8, but comes in with a 39 and a half inch vert, 4.49 speed, 5.11, 203 pounds built, plays a lot of slot corner as well. So a spot that the New Orleans Saints could continue to invest in over the course of the offseason. So those are just some of the players that they're connected to, and we'll see how those connections all pan out towards, ooh, we're almost there. We're almost a month away from the NFL draft. That's going to be a ton of fun. Now, with there only being around a month left before the NFL draft, New Orleans Saints have about 66, 67 players on their roster. Does that mean that they're done until the draft? Not necessarily. And I'll tell you why, because there's a little sneaky mechanism in the CBA that the New Orleans Saints used a ton last year, and you should expect them to use again this year. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the place that you should be going for all of your women's, men's, NCAA tournament, your NBA season. You can get ahead on some future odds uh, for the NFL as well. The Saints still the favorites when it comes to the NFC South at the moment. They're up there in terms of the NFC as a conference as a whole as well. So there's a ton for you to check out there that you can get in on. And if you like betting on the basketball games, one thing that's really fun is like, yeah, you can do the money line, the point scores, the threes drained, all as individual bets. But you can also lump all of them together for the potential of an even bigger payout with same game parlays. Those are always a ton of fun as well. I'm usually messing around with those and trying to see what I might be able to pull off there. Although my NBA knowledge is probably not something I should be betting with. So you're smarter than me. You can go and check it out. And since you're smarter than me, let me tell you this too. If you're a first time customer or user of FanDuel, you're going to get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. It's bonus bets that comes back to you if you don't win, meaning that there's no losing with your first bet over at FanDuel. So if you want to check that out, it's FanDuel.com slash locked on. I'll make sure you get that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Are the New Orleans Saints done in free agency in terms of signings, re-signings, things like that until we get to the NFL draft. Let me pump the brakes on that expectation for you for just a little while and tell you why I don't think that's the case. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, we have the subtext group as well. Join subtext.com slash Locked on Saints. You can click the, click the link in the description where you're watching or where you are listening to get in that one-on-one -on -one text exchange, some insider stuff, some good stuff that we can have some conversations about there as well. All right. Are the New Orleans Saints done in free agency? I, I keep getting asked this question a little bit, and I think, or not a little bit, actually pretty often. And I think the reason why this question is coming up is kind of twofold, right? There's two different elements to this. The first of which is that 
The Saints sit right now with about 66 or 67 players on the roster, depending upon how you treat some of the IR guys and things like that, guys that carried over from last season, Smoke Monday, DeMarco Jackson, stuff like that. Um, so if you look at sort of that count, that leaves 23 spots left on the roster at, at the least, right? Let's say 67 on the roster currently. So the Saints have eight selections currently in the NFL draft, first round, second round, third round, fourth round, then they have two fifth round picks and two seventh round picks. So that only leaves about 15 spots or so, or 15 spots exactly, because Ross can do math. See, I, I do sports. I don't do math, okay? Uh, I do all these calculations before I start recording, okay? I'm not trying, to, not trying to do this off the top of the dome. But you get 15 spots there, and the Saints are usually pretty active in undrafted free agency, right? So that's the other piece, right? That's, that's kind of the, the, the first piece of it, is that you look at the number of play, rostered players they have currently the number of draft picks that they have, and how active they usually are in undrafted free agency. The other thing that you look at is compensatory free agency. So on Wednesday, we broke down what it takes in order to, like what the formula for a compensatory pick is. Just as a quick recap for that, it's three different sets of criteria. And then depending upon how the, you know, how many points get assigned to a player, an upper percentage gets third round picks, a second percentage gets fourth round picks, so on and so forth. And that's how teams qualify for players on expiring contracts to earn compensatory picks a year from now based upon the level of player that they use, the level of contract that they sign, where they go, all those things. So for New Orleans, you look at them being a team that has oftentimes been pretty active after the compensatory free agent period. So as an example, you think of Jarvis Landry, you think, well, that was a little bit different. He wasn't going to qualify for a compensatory pick anyway, but Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew is a good example. Tyron Matthew had his contract expire in, in Kansas City, came and visited New Orleans, didn't sign. It was just exploratory. They were just, they were just chatting. Then he goes away for a little while, ends up coming back, ends up signing after May 1st when that compensatory period was over and therefore didn't end up giving the Kansas City Chiefs any contract, right? Any, any pick back for them. So that's the other piece of it that the saints could look to protect there. So there's, the, there's two, there's, there's a twofold in that Tyron Matthew avoided giving Kansas city, any type of compensation in a future draft because he signed with another team, but also didn't jeopardize a compensatory pick for the saints because when they signed him, it didn't counteract a comp pick that they might have been in line for. Now, Andy Dalton and a couple of other signings did. So that ended up wiping all of them away anyway, but just in terms of looking at where the Saints are now, they're in line for two fourth round picks and a potential sixth round pick when it comes to compensatory picks next year in the 2024 draft because of free agents that they lost this year, including Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, and I believe the other one is still Caden Ellis, if I remember right. So the Saints could wait until after the draft, after May 1st, sign these other players and then not lose those picks for 2024. But there's another thing to consider here because the Saints can sign players without it still impacting their compensatory pick formula because they can still sign players on veteran deals. And because of the way the NFL works and thanks to some, I like to use the word massaging <laughs> that they did to the CBA and, and all these other agreements in past years, there's something called the veteran minimum salary benefit. And so what the veteran minimum salary benefit is, is that when a player signs a well, one-year deal with a new team, and they're coming in on a qualifying one-year veteran minimum contract, which can be all the way up to $1.165 million, instead of them counting that high against the salary cap, what they actually end up doing is counting only as a year two player. 
the longer that you've been in the league, the higher your veteran minimum becomes. You're vesting, basically. So what the Saints could do is bring in somebody that's been in the league for seven years, and instead of and they could sign them to a $1.165 million deal, give them a $152.5 million signing bonus as part of the qualifier in order to get the benefit. And then instead of that player counting against the salary cap for all of that, they count for $940,000 and that $152.5 million signing bonus. So what that means is that instead of counting for all that, they count for $1.09 million. The reason why that's important is because during the offseason, only the top 51 salaries count against your salary cap. So every time that you sign a player for $1.09 million in terms of what their cap hit is, it's pushing somebody else out of the top 51. So right now, the, only, the, the last player above the top 51 cutoff on the over the, over the cap, cap, um, cap calculator, for instance, is Rashid Shaheed, who sits at $870 million. $870 million. Good for him. $870,000. So what happens is that you sign a player, they come in at just over $1 million, but then they push somebody out of that top 51. So you can take that $1.09 million and you could subtract the $870,000 that ends up pushing out. And that player only adds in terms of the difference between having them, that person and not having that person, $222 million, $222,000. I am so sorry, $222,000. So there's nothing stopping the Saints from still going out there and starting to fill up the roster. The trick is getting players that are willing to take vet minimum one-year deals to get that qualifying salary benefit, start pushing some of those players out, things like that. So that's why I don't think the Saints are necessarily done when it comes to bringing in more players, even though they don't have a ton of roster room left between what they would plan to fill out with the draft and plan to fill out with undrafted free agency. And then they can still bring in guys in the compensatory, non-compensatory period, right? After, after May 1. So think about a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who may not be interested in signing anywhere until after they know that they're going to have a role with the team so that they don't sign with the team and then immediately have that position drafted and then they lose that spot. He could instead wait until after May 1 and sign with a team like, who knows, the New Orleans Saints for more than that vet minimum because it won't matter, right? They can still adjust everything they need to with this first year hit. He'll still push somebody out of the top 51, but compensatory picks won't matter at that point. So are the Saints done signing players now up until the NFL draft? No, they're certainly still looking at bringing players back. We saw that an example again on Thursday where they brought back cornerback and special teams ace Isaac Yadam. But they can still wait on a couple of big name free agents while they start filling out their roster ahead of the draft. That's the way that I would look at it. Okay, speaking of Isaac Yadam. Let's get you caught up with everything you need to know about the New Orleans Saints from this week, the signings that they made, the guys that they've brought back, and more, including this crazy Foster Moreau story that is just another entry into the chronicles of the Saints medical staff potentially saving someone's life. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built.com is where you want to go to get yourself a box, but Built March Madness is the place you need to go. Because everybody's got a favorite bar. Everybody's got a favorite bar. You got a favorite puff. Why not go out there and rep your team, rep your bar, rep your puff, and go out there, get some of this voting in so that we can crown the best tasting protein bar amongst the best tasting protein bars over at BuiltMarchMadness.com. I'm going to be voting for mint brownie like I always do, because that's my absolute favorite. But maybe you like coconut almond. Maybe you're a big 
uh, animal, uh, animal cracker. They did the frosted animal cracker bars, which were super dope. All of that. Go vote. Go vote. You can vote every single day in March if you want to. So go support your team. Go support your bar. Go support your pup over at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Don't forget to grab yourself a box of Built while you're there as well, because you got to try these. If you haven't already, you're going to love them. Built.com. BuiltMarchMadness.com. It's Built Bar. Best tasting protein bar you're going to find. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast. Network, your team every day with our Friday installment in case you missed it. This is an opportunity to make sure that I have, I do everything that I can to keep you all caught up on everything going on with the New Orleans Saints all throughout the week. So let's get caught up. In case you missed it, the New Orleans Saints signed a grip of defensive backs. So they started with, uh, well, they started with Ugo Amadi all the way back, way back when. They also went back and signed like Troy Pride a while ago, all that. But this past week, they brought in, uh, let's call him defensive back Lonnie Johnson Jr. He has that versatility of a guy that can Maybe you know, play a couple of different roles for you, kind of like a PJ Williams, uh, but you know, a little bit younger, hyper athletic. One of those guys that, like, if the ball is close to him, he'll be able to make a play on it. All that uh, can play away from the line of scrimmage, can play in the slot, can do a whole bunch for you, and can play, you know, in, in the box, like whatever it is that you need him to do. So they brought him in. They also added Jonathan Abram. You want to talk about a box safety? Jonathan Abram, former Las Vegas Raider, said that Derek Carr was a big reason of, like, big part of recruiting him to come to uh, New Orleans. Former first round selection, again, heat seeking missile, really fantastic in the box, good click and close kind of defender, read and react, makes good plays, uh, you know, good reads in the run game, things like that. A little bit, a little bit hectic, a little bit um, uh, aggressive, you know what I'm saying? And so you remember back to that Saints game a few years ago where he ran into the TV card, had a scary collision there, stuff like that. So you kind of want to rein that in a little bit, but very, very, very talented player. And then they also just on Thursday brought back cornerback Isaac Yadam. Now, Isaac Yadam is somebody that you probably, you know, know from special teams more than you know from defense and everything. And very likely that would be his role going uh, going forward. But he was a revelation for the New Orleans Saints at Gunner. Because if you remember throughout a lot of the season opposite JT Gray, their most efficient Gunner was Kevin White. Then toward the last six games of the season, they bring in Isaac Yadam. He plays about 51 snaps in either kick return coverage or punt return coverage, comes up with two tackles, was in on a couple more as well. So you get a lot of talent in terms of what you're able to do on your special team side by bringing him back. You get two elite gunners that way, which is really, really outstanding. Now, additional safeties that are also on the roster for the Saints, in addition to Lonnie Johnson and uh, Jonathan Abram, are Marcus May, who could still serve a suspension. There's a lot of news out there about how his um, case in Jefferson Parish ended up getting refused due to lack of evidence. That was his alleged armed assault case, not his DUI case from when he was a New York Jet. So that is still very much open. We might see some progress towards the resolution of that toward the end of this month. But as of right now, you should expect Marcus May to potentially miss about three games in 2023. So you have him, but you also have Tyron Matthew. He's your bona fide starter as well. JT Gray was brought back on a three-year deal. Ugo Amadi, they added earlier this offseason. And let's not forget Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday is a player that ended up with an early season or preseason injury, training camp injury that ended up keeping him out throughout the entire season, going to that preseason IR, which ended his year. And so because of that, didn't get an opportunity to really show you, you know, he wasn't available, couldn't go out there, couldn't participate in 2022. So now in 2023, as he comes into training camp, he should get an opportunity to be a part of that group as well. Look for him 
along with Lonnie Johnson Jr. and maybe uh, Jonathan Abram to get some run in the slot along with Bradley Roby. So it's going to be a really interesting battle to watch throughout camp. In case you missed it, New Orleans Saints also brought back defensive tackle Malcolm Roach. This was a big deal for New Orleans, who had already started to address their defensive tackle losses over the course of the offseason by bringing back, I almost say Contavious Street, by bringing in Colin Saunders, by also bringing in Nathan Shepard. And Nathan Shepard told New Orleans media on Thursday that the Saints actually had interest in him in free agency last year, and it meant a lot that they came back to him again this year and said that they still wanted him here in New Orleans. So that's a pretty big nod in terms of how interested the New Orleans Saints have been in him. He noted himself as a run stopper, being known as a run stopper, but believes he's a very good pass rusher as well. And out of all the defensive ends in the NFL with, or excuse me, defensive tackles in the NFL with at least 200 pass rushing snaps, his top 10 pass rush win rate will tell you that as well. So now that DT room includes Colin Saunders. It includes Nathan Shepard. Malcolm Roach is now a part of that. And then Prince Amelie, who comes in on a reserve future deal, you'll see him at camp. Does he make the active roster? Does he make the, the, the 53-man roster? That all we'll see. Would love to see the Saints continue to address this position. There are still some interesting free agents that are out there, but they could also go to guys that they already know, including Contavia Street. Could they get Contavia Street back last year or next year? Uh, that would be big for them. He, he spent 517 snaps on defense, played three special team snaps as well. So you know he knows your system. He really started to make some plays toward the end of the year, toward the back half of the year, let me say. Uh, and so he would be an excellent addition there. But don't forget, the Saints can also address this position multiple times, or at least in multiple places throughout this year's NFL draft as well. The DT position is a very, very talented one in this year's draft class. In case you missed it, the New Orleans Saints gave some life-saving news, or let me say potentially life-saving news, to a visiting free agent in tight end. Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau, of course, a New Orleans native, went to Jesuit High School in Mid-City, uh, went to college, played his college football at uh, LSU, went to the Las Vegas Raiders, spent a lot of time with Derek Carr. Derek Carr comes here to New Orleans. It seemed like a match made in heaven, and it still kind of was. And maybe I'm reading into it the wrong way, but perhaps the Saints might have been a little bit down the road here on a potential deal with Foster Moreau because they were giving him the physical, right? I don't know what the process of that is. I'm not sure like when medical exam factors in with contract negotiations and all that stuff, but you imagine they might've been pretty far down the road potentially there, but then they found out in their physical that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so now he gets this, this, this cancer news and now he begins that fight. Now, you know, there's a great story that Rod Walker did over at NOLA.com around like the, the idea that if anyone can beat it, it's Foster Moreau. And so there's a lot of hope and optimism around where he's going. And certainly we wish our best to foster as well. But this is now the third time since 2017 that the Saints have found some type of, let's say, life-changing diagnosis. Nick Fairley and his heart condition back in 2017. John Dornboss, also a life-threatening condition that they found in a physical a few years ago. And then now Foster Moreau. So shout out to the Saints medical staff for being out here saving lives. And finally, in case you missed it, the New Orleans Saints went from the least amount of cap space in 2023, with over $57 million, $60 million plus in terms of overages, to now being the third biggest spenders in free agency. At the time that I'm recording this, they've also handed out the second most guaranteed money this offseason and still have around $14 million to spend, excluding the draft class. So you take three to $4 million off that, let's say $5 million just for funsies, because you have $9 million that they can spend. And believe it or not, still some places where they can make some money if they wanted to. They can address Zach Bond's contract. They can address 
uh, 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 James Hurst contract, Traquan Smith contract could still make a little bit of money. They could extend Carl Granderson and build his contract in such a way that they make a little bit of money. There's a lot of different ways that these things can still open up some cap space if they need to as well. Another reason why I don't think that they're done in free agency just yet, regardless of how many spots they already have filled on their roster. Y'all, we have had such a fun week here at Locked on Saints, and I can't wait to be back with you on Monday, if not sooner, if there's big breaking news. Cannot stress enough to make sure you're watching the LSU women's basketball team. They've been awesome. Make sure you check out Locked on LSU. Make sure you go and check out Locked on Pelicans as well. Jake Madison doing a fantastic job. Caroline Fenton, of course, over at Locked on LSU as well. I appreciate y'all, as always, though, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Uh, On Monday, we'll be back with Mock Draft Monday and keeping you up to date with everything going on in terms of any signings, any big news, things like that, that we don't do a bonus episode for over the weekend. If there's a move that's like big, but not big enough, we'll make sure that we get it all covered for you on Monday so you don't miss a beat. For your second listen today, make sure you go and check out Locked on NFL Scouting. It's the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, showing you what it takes to make a successful and build a successful NFL franchise every single Monday through Friday. Super cool, super interesting stuff. Find Locked on NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. Big shout out to Coach James. Appreciate you saying hi to me the other day as I was walking around. Appreciate you, buddy. And thank you so much, as always, for the support. Need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes? Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.